Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, welcome to Rooted Deep. This is Reba and Allie's with me here today and we're really excited uh, to talk with you about fighting. Now, <laughs> now I know you're thinking, okay, what, what? Um, but this is positive fighting here. This month we've been talking about things that are worth fighting for and some things in life that we have to fight against. And, and I think that this is important for all of us uh, to understand that there's just some things in life that are worth fighting for. And they're not gonna come easy, it's not gonna be simple, but if we'll just get really serious about it and we'll dig in, it'll be so worth it in the end. And so today we're gonna be talking about fighting for your marriage. And I think this is just gonna be great. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm really excited, Reba, um, that, we've, that you have chosen this topic. And specifically when we were talking about fighting for and what, and, and really how to fight well, and, um, and fighting, you know, specifically for fighting our, for our marriage, I thought immediately of Christy, um, because she and I have known each other for several years. Um, she, her church was one of, our, um, one of our main supporting churches, has been our supporting church for 20 years. Um, and so she and her ladies group have kind of been, um, following back and forth on what, you know, what we're doing and, and it's been exciting, but just in the last few years, Christy's just become a, such a good friend. And, and as you know, when we talk about these things, when we sit around and have coffee, we generally, your stories start unfolding. And there were some things that I had assumed about Christy long ago, just immediately. And then all of a sudden, as we're sitting down talking over these last few years, her amazing testimony and um, has just kind of unfolded like it really does. And so I'm really thankful to have Christy with us today. She and her husband serve in at Harvest Baptist Church in uh, just outside of Kansas City. And so now I'm a, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan now because of this connection. Um, but I'm just really thankful for, uh, you know, for their ministry for us. So Christy, thank you for joining us today. And we're really, we're really glad to have you. Oh, glad to be here, Dally. It's great to see you. Yeah, thanks. And so we're going to just jump right in. And I want you to just share a little bit about your testimony, how you and Tom got together. And, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of just go into, you know, when you started fighting and, and not when you started fighting Tom, but when you started fighting really for your marriage. Well, kind of an aspect of both, but we'll go. <laughs> but, um, well, um, basically, I was, I was raised in a small town and didn't have any Christian background in my life at all. Um, my parents, we lived on a farm, so it was pretty rural, you know, so, um, but as I got, I was probably about 12, my parents, um, were fighting all the time and ended up getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the major part of my childhood, I think I remember was, um, my dad and bars and other women. So that was kind of, you know, the childhood I had coming up. So um, they divorced. I was 12. We moved up to the city here. And it was, it was such an unfamiliar thing, you know, being moved from all your friends, everything that you're familiar with. And then I ended up just getting in a bad place. I just, you know, started making bad choices, bad decisions, and, you know, just got involved with, with, drinking and the drugs and and just promiscuous you know relationships trying to fill a void in my life that you know that of course we know that God's the only one that can fill that mm -hmm. um but I didn't know the Lord so when we as I got in my teen years I started having all kinds of just issues with feeling um depressed and empty and not really having any value in myself. You know, I just didn't, I didn't know what my purpose was for being here and why, you know, why I was here. And I just developed this cynical, hard, cold attitude about life. And I just kind of basically had the attitude of like, you know what, it, the world just doesn't care about me or anything about me. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I don't care, 
who it hurts or, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to make me happy. Mm. And, you know, through this, I, I ended up meeting Tom's sister at a job I was on and we became really good friends. Now I can't say that she was exactly the best influence in my life, but she was (laughs) saved, but not living it. (laughs) But, but, um, through that, I met Tom and, you know, it was kind of like a third wheel. I was kind of like the third wheel, her and my best friend were kind of dating. So I was always along, you know, as a third wheel and, and then Tom would just tag along with us. And that's how we kind of got to know each other. But, you know, the funny thing, he was like three years younger than I was too. So he didn't, you know, I was thinking, oh, he's, he's too young. I'm not ever going to, you know, get involved right. with somebody younger than me. <laughs> right. so, but, you know, there was something different about him and he, he, um, he was kind, he was compassionate, he was loving, um, you know, and he, and I did find out later on, it was, he was a Christian, but he was also in a very backslidden state at the time that we met. Um, you know, he had the same problem my father did with, you know, he had a drinking problem and it just, you know, drank quite often. And we, but we started dating and it was, you know, the first, the year we dated, I think it was like at 1985, we started dating and it was great, you know, while we were dating and everything, you know, you're, you're just thinking you want to have fun and you want to, you know, enjoy life and didn't really think about the marriage aspect of it, but, um, about into a, a year into it because of personal choices and bad choices that we made, um, I ended up pregnant and, um, we ended up getting married and he was barely 18 and I was barely 20. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, Very we had bad. no concept yeah. of what we were getting into at all. Sir, um, so you've go. got all of this struggle going on in your own personal life. He's got his own struggles. Yes. And then all of a sudden you add to all of those struggles. Yes. Now you're pregnant and you've got to figure out wh- how to go forward. And you choose to combine all your stuff together and see if we can make this work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a good choice. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I do believe that God in his providence had a plan in it all because absolutely um, through, through that and through me um, marrying him, I got to know his mother and, oh, she was such an amazing godly woman. And, you know, we just, we really put her through the ringer, you know, through that year because he, Tom had to drop out of school, you know, and that was devastating to her and just so many aspects of hurt that she was dealing with as a mother, but yet she chose to love me and Mm -hmm. share Christ with me. And she just brought me alongside of her and ministered to me in a way that I could not have imagined. And I always, you know, tease her. I said, yeah, you're my Naomi and I'm your Ruth. You just Mm. brought me, brought me into this. And, and so, you know, she started really witnessing to me and sharing Christ with me Um, about like, it wasn't even a year into our marriage, you know, here we have this child and then Tom is injured on a job that he's on. I mean, it's a really severe back injury that just, it took him out of commission for work, everything. And then a month later, I lost my job. And so, you know, here we are again, more, you know, stress coming into the relationship. And so it, it just became very volatile. We fought all the time and just, you know, couldn't, just couldn't figure out what to do to to make it work he he Hmm. still was struggling with his own addiction and i don't know the lord so i don't know where to go to get any help um i i at one point i called i ended up calling his mother and i'm like i've got i need help i don't know what to do i i am at my wits end with this and i don't know what to do um 
she came over to me and uh, May 14th of 1989, she shared Christ with me. We were in the parking lot of my apartment building and we were sitting in the truck and uh, she opened up the word of God to me and shared Christ with me. And I got saved that day and came to know the Lord. And, oh, man. Um, you know, I, I know this is not the, I'm sorry, no, Allie, go ahead. I guess we both had a thought at the same time here. Um, I, you know, I know this is not the point of our podcast today, but I just think I can't let this moment pass without mm-hmm. making um, a point here. And that is for anyone listening who has maybe a child, a son or a daughter, and you're not sure. I know a lot of Christian parents struggle with how to have a relationship with a child who's going the opposite direction of the way they want them to, or, uh, you know, who's, uh, you know, embraced a, a, a lost person in their life or whatnot. And man, I just think this is such, again, another reminder of the power of staying and loving people and mm-hmm. staying connected to people, because you would have, when you got at your lowest point, you turn to this anchor Christian woman who's yeah. just been godly and who's demonstrated love, the love of Christ to you, despite her own frustrations with choices that you and her son have made. And in that moment, she is an, she has the opportunity to lead you to Christ. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't been there, if she had abandoned her son and you, then she would have been there for that moment. And so, uh, man, not to get us sidetracked, but I just think there's just so, uh, somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody mm-hmm. needs to be reminded um, to stay in that and keep loving those people that are making those hard choices because when they hit the bottom, they may come around. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's that's kind of where I was going to jump in um, because when, I mean, Christy has been talking about, okay, they have, obviously they have job, job struggles, they have stress, they have past trauma, addiction. And, and she goes to her mother-in-law and instead of her mother-in-law fixing all those problems or trying to fix all those problems, she really, what Christy said is uh, the transformative, what she did was she opened the word of God. And I think in, in trying to help and enable, sometimes we forget about the transformative power of the word of God over someone's life. Now that did not immediately give Christy and her husband her job back. Um, and it didn't immediately solve the problems at that moment. But what it did was it brought in you know, the power of the Holy Spirit into Christie's life to be able to face those for the future is what I'm assuming she's about to say, but I was just really excited about that because they're sitting in the truck, you know, that's such an American, it's such a funny, you know, we're just sitting in the truck, kind of middle America, you know, um, just opening the word of God. I think it's amazing. So yeah, go ahead, Christy. I'm sorry we interrupted. Oh no, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, you know, I'm, and you'd like to think, you know, that, you know, one, oh, I got saved and the word of God just transformed everything. But the reality of it is, is you've got two people with baggage mm-hmm. and they're bringing that into a relationship and it takes time to sort, sort mm-hmm. it out, yeah, you know, absolutely. and you both are coming into the relationship with your own way of thinking, your own way of doing things. and it, that in itself is a battle. And then you add all of the other dynamic to it, you know, the financial, the, the kids and all those other things into it. It just, you know, it's just like a a whirlwind, but we did start going to church and we start, we got discipled. We actually had an older couple that just poured into us through discipleship and investing in us personally. I mean, they were the kind of, you know, they were just wonderful because I know there were many times that I would knock on her door at two in the morning, just crying and devastated. And she would, you know, get a cup of coffee out, sit down, we'd open up the word of God together. And she would start taking me through scripture and, and helping me grow in Christ because I knew, I mean, I knew nothing. Like I said, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. So I had no background whatsoever on how to deal with any of these things, marriage, parenthood, you know, all of it. So, I mean, that was huge, you know, and, and for a while, probably the span of four years, we did, we were doing really pretty good, you know, and it was, you know, better. Um, And I do have to say, you know, on my husband's behalf, you know, I don't want to make him sound like, you know, he was just the alcoholic, you know, husband Mm -hmm. and everything. I was, I was a big part of the problem too, because I was just uh, very volatile, very angry. Um, 
hand, did not handle things soberly at all in my life. And so, you know, you just add those two dynamics where Tom was more, he would just kind of bury the problems away and just, mm. oh, out of sight, out of mind, I don't have to deal with it. And so, you know, we were battling that dynamic as well. Which anybody who knows you now, I think it's fascinating. If you tell me that you're a volatile, that you had a volatile temper, I would not be able to see that in my head. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because a lot of, especially knowing, you know, knowing where you are now, as far as, um, as far as what you're able to teach and, 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 and share with other women, I think it's, yeah. it's so important. I think for a lot of women to hear that you weren't perfect, you're not perfect, because I think in, when we come to a teaching role, possibly we want to say, hey, we've got everything, we've got it all together. <laughs> but that vulnerability and that honest, you know, confession thing, I was part of the problem. I think that's really important. And I think so many times when we're trying to share with somebody this, you know, the word of God, we kind of like to say that we're, we kind of like to show that we're perfect. And that's important for a lot of women yeah. to understand. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, um, actually just a mess, you know, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. they say a big, hot mess, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and as we, you know, as we probably went four years into the marriage and we were, you know, growing in the Lord, discipling and, you know, something that, that God gave me was the scripture, um, I wrote it down. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You know, you, you, like, like you were saying, Allie, you kind of get into a place where you, oh, I've got this figured out. We're doing all right, you know, and I mean, we'll be okay. And we kind of started wandering away from church. I mean, I got pregnant again with my, with my second, and we just, we just, I don't know how it happened, really. We just dropped out of church and stopped going. And, and then eventually we just got out of the word of God. And, you know, Tom started pursuing his corporate career and, you know, getting, you know, trying to get success in his life. And I was kind of just left behind, you know, I felt like, I guess I, you know, had the, had the two kids and Tom was working a lot. And so I decided to move back down by his parents. And so I got, you know, moved down there and had, he was, he was working in the corporate office a lot and gone. And with that, he picked up drinking again. You know, it was just, mm. it was kind of a, a crazy thing because he, he had done so well with it. And then one night they had this big corporate deal and he went out and they asked, uh, they were serving drinks, celebrating. And he knew that he should not take it, you know, but he did. Mm -hmm. And from that point, he just, it was just a spiral downhill again. Oh. And it, it got to the place that, you know, just crazy things like, he would forget to pay the bills and, you know, come home, our lights would be shut off, that kind of, you know, just stuff like that, that I started mm -hmm. having to deal with in, in our marriage, you know, just irresponsible. He was never cruel or mean or anything like that. No, I mean, Got he's it. always been such a kind, good hearted person, but he, um, he just became irresponsible. And here I am, I, you know, I've got two now the third on the way, you know, <laughs> and I'm well, sitting, you know, yeah, sitting yeah. at home alone, trying to raise three kids. And he's like doing his thing, you know. Um, and there and is I that feeling of absolute isolation. I think that that oftentimes yes. is the pushing point for when we feel alone. I think yes. that, uh, you know, you saying that it, when we feel alone in whatever situation we may find ourselves in, when we feel alone, there is something about reaching that point where it causes us to, to react in yes. some way, you know, and most of the time it's not always a positive reaction. Right. 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 Yeah. And it's a know, fight or flight or yeah. it's what we say fight or flight, but sometimes it's just a freeze moment. You know, it's either, I'm either yeah. going to get out of the situation or I'm going to fight through, or I'm just going to be like, you know, yeah. like Reva said, the isolation is, is devastating. Yeah. 
Well, and I felt like I, I chose the fight part because I just, I had seen the devastation that I went through in my life with the divorce and just all the things that my mom struggled with. And I'm like, is it really going to be better to walk away? You know, is that set of problems going to make it any better? And, you know, and I, I remember one night I was sitting in, in our trailer and I was just pleading with God. I'm like, Lord, I do not know what to do anymore. I have three children I have to take care of. And this marriage that is just a mess. And I loved, I mean, I loved him so much. I really did. But it's just, you know, you get to the point where your heart just can't take anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just feel like you you're just, your heart's going to break if you have to deal with another letdown, you know? And so I just prayed and I asked God, I said, God, I am, I am in this marriage for the long haul. I am not going to bail on this. Mm -hmm. I, I will make a decision right now that if you choose to change him or not, I am going to stay and I'm going to fight this out. Wow. That is that was a big an, moment. Yeah. <laughs> We're both jumping yeah. in at the same time because we that's what the fighter is. That is like yeah. deciding to just stand strong and stay in it when the easier thing or the more natural or society's option would be to jump out of the ring and just walk away. Yeah. But that commitment to stay was so important. Christy, do you think a key to that decision for you was the fact that you did go to prayer? Yes. Um, you know, because I think sometimes we I, we leave God when we leave life. Uh, you know, you talked about walking away yeah. from church and then slowly walking away from the word of God. And then, slow, you know, and there's this there's kind of this slow drift uh, away from the yeah. things that were anchoring you in solid in your personal life and spiritually as well as your marriage. So yeah. that that began to happen. But you said something I thought was crucial, and that is you're just going to God and you're just crying out to him. Um, and. You know, can you can you speak into that just a little bit before you finish and go on with the, the, your story there? Because I think, you know, that sounds like a real pivotal moment and a key piece of what you did. And I think for so many people, that's the opposite of what the devil wants them to do. Yeah. Yeah. In our in our natural reaction, when we get into moments like that in our life is to, you know, we want the flesh takes over and we want to react emotionally and and how according to how we feel, instead of going to the word of God and the scriptures, which God has given us a love letter in his word, that he wants to address every issue and every problem that we're dealing with. And he's just waiting there with open arms for us to cry out to him and basically just crawl up into his lap and, you know, let him give us that peace and that comfort. Um, I know Isaiah 26, three became a huge verse for me, you know, thou will keep him in perfect peace yeah. whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Mm-hmm. Um, that verse was huge. Um, and just knowing that my heavenly father loves me so much that he will not withhold any good thing from me you know, and, and coming to the realization that, you know, my peace and my happiness is not reliant on another person. Um, You know, I could have the perfect marriage, which nobody does, but you know, I could say that I do. But that still is not going to bring me the peace and the contentment and the happiness that I or the joy that I'm looking for. It's only through the word of God that that we have that. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, relying totally and trusting your word says this Lord, and I am trusting you and your promises that you are going to take this matter and deal with it in the way that you see fit. Yeah. I think wow. that that point of your prayer to when you said that you, you know, you just made a commitment in prayer to God to stay in and fight. I yeah. think that's so important because a lot of times we are kind of passive with our prayers. God help me, God help me. But instead of saying, God, you promised, like you said, you promised you were going to equip me and help me, but here's what I'm 
I, here's what I'm telling you in my prayer. And you know what I'm saying? And making that yeah. commitment in prayer to, to, to get back in there and, and, and stay in and fight. I think that's beautiful. Well, and a lot of times too, Allie, I think we, we go to prayer and it's kind of, we kind of use it like this bargaining chip with God. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, Good point. I'm going to do this if mm -hmm. you'll do this, yeah. but, but we have to go to him with pure motives. You know, it's like, Lord, if you never change this situation mm -hmm. in my life, I trust you mm -hmm. and I'm going to follow you. Yeah. And, you know, and I know that you're going to take this situation and you're going to bring good out of it. Yeah. And, you know, because I do deal with a lot of women that, you know what, their marriages don't turn around or mm -hmm. things don't get back on track the way, you know, that they would like. And, but we have to be okay with God in, for whatever reason, this is where you have me and mm -hmm. I'm okay. I can be okay with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so you got to, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat now. Um, so you're, you're, so you're praying this prayer to God and you're saying, okay, I'm not going to bail. Yeah. So you got to show up, you got to do this thing yeah. and I'm going to hang in there. So, I mean, obviously we know you don't get up from your knees and everything, you know, angels start singing and, and things yeah. immediately. So what did happen though? Well, you know, it was funny. It was about like a week, a week and a half later, you know, my husband was in his office and this, you know, it was, it was just God. It was, um, it was just a pivotal turning point. Um, he had been out on one of his jobs and had come back to his office. Um, and he was going to celebrate. He kept a bottle of, of Jack in his bottom drawer of his office. and. That night, for whatever reason, he just, he drank so much, he passed out at it in his office. And he literally woke up the next morning in his own vomit. I mean, it sounds gross, but he woke up that way. Hmm. He looked in the mirror and, and it was like God was speaking to him and said, Tom, what are you doing? You're throwing your marriage away. You're throwing, you've got three children that are relying on you and depending on you, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And from that point on, he never took a drink again. He, I don't, I mean, it was just, I know that doesn't always happen with people, but for him, he just never took a drink again. And it was like a turning point in our marriage. Um, now it wasn't easy, you know, because again, I'm, I'm just that, I'm, I'm a hard driver, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm okay. I want to, I'm a show me girl. I want to see it. You're going <laughs> to, you Pretty know, zoo coming out. Yeah. There. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. It's like, you can tell me all these things. I've heard these things before, but I want to yep. see it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it did take, it took time and it took us being vulnerable to let people into our life, to know what was going on with our life. You know, I think a lot of times, especially as women, we, we get, we don't want people to know, you know, the extent of what we're dealing with, uh, the shame of it or whatever, you know, it's a pride, a pride issue. And, and we don't let people in and we need other women in our life. Yeah. We need that strength of other women in our life to support us and help us and pray with us. Now, I'm not saying you just open your life up to any woman, yeah, but I had, I had specific women in my life that I could go to and that I knew that they would pray for me and they would fight for me. Mm -hmm. And, and that's so crucial mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. That is important because earlier on, you were talking about that. You and Reba both mentioned that isolation. And yeah. so it's important if you have these women that are constantly going to be checking up, you know, on, yeah. you know, on these steps that you're taking and on, on, on your growth. I did want to ask you this as, you know, he comes back and, you know, he come basically almost like the biblical, he comes to himself moment yeah. that you see in the prodigal son, you see in, in other, um, in other uh, times in the Bible, what are some steps that you took as a couple together kind of from that moment? I know you say that you pushed, but what were some things that you did as a couple, 
you know, that you would say, Hey, yeah, we fought for our marriage in these aspects. What are some things? Um, well, we submitted to, um, another couple in our church Mm -hmm. that we met with on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and they, they kind of helped us finance. They helped us with financial problems that we were having, you know, because that was huge. Um, parental things that we were dealing with, you know, three kids, three young kids. And, you know, you're a mess and you're like, well, how am I going to teach them anything? I'm a disaster. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, so we did, we, we made the choice to submit to this other couple and they met with us on a regular basis and held us accountable to mm-hmm. the decisions that we were making. And we plugged back into church. Um, we, you know, we were there. I, we were there every time the doors were open. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew that we could not do it in our flesh. Mm-hmm. It just, it was not going to happen. We weren't going to whip our flesh into shape. We had tried that before. That didn't work. We had to, you know, mm-hmm. we needed the word of God and the help of the body of Christ in our life to, to make that change. Yeah, you know, I think that's so important that you say that because the church is not a fix at all. And I think sometimes people look at the church and they're like, oh, okay, especially if you grew up in church a little bit, even you're like, oh, okay, I just need to go back to church and it'll fix it all. No, no, the the building and and the people in the building are not the fix. It's it's what happens as we connect in personal relationship with others inside of that church body. And as we're, and as we're encouraged and as we grow from what we learn and the teaching that happens in our lives in that church body. And then I think so powerfully demonstrated by what you said, then there's this willingness to be honest and open and therefore then have other people speaking truth into our lives and that sense of accountability and that sense of encouragement. Um, And I think, you know, we learn real quickly that the church is not filled with perfect people. The church is filled with broken people and we're not the only ones broken. And when we suddenly open our lives up, we find out that, oh my word, we had no idea that y'all had marriage problems 15 years ago, you know? And so therefore all of a sudden, I think there's this really, um, you know, really there's there's such an important thing to gather with people Mm -hmm. who are going to point you in the right direction. At least we hope so. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, that that's interesting um, that especially just the, the anchor, I think of when you talk about just getting back in church and making sure that you're there every Sunday, that just sounds like some kind of an anchor. And what yeah. what Reba was saying, you know, when there's when you're all kind of moving in the same direction, hopefully that's going to that's going to make such a difference, even though, again, it's not the fix all. So from that point on, I, I wanted to ask you this question. You know, and, and it happens in every marriage. It's one of those mm-hmm. things where things truck along really well for a while. And then there's a maybe a trigger or a, um, not a relapse necessarily, but just a, okay, we're getting back into our old habits of volatility or we're getting back to our old habits of just kind of, you know, what are, what are some things that you guys did to work through that and kind of continue fighting, you know, in, through that, you know, over the years? Because I, I know it hasn't been just like, oh, it's been perfect from that point, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, for, I love like about 10, I think it was about 10 years ago when Alan came to the church and all, um, they brought a ministry with them, the blueprint ministry that we've done the conference for you, Allie. Um, but that was huge for me because I, you know, and I've read Titus too, you know, a million times, you know, and I've read the verses, but to really delve into those characteristics in Titus. Um, was so huge for me to go through that because I started, you know, studying out sober and, you know, discreet and chaste and what all those things mean according to the word of God. And I realized that, you know, there were still areas of my life that God needed to work on and needed to change. And, you know, I started, I went through that, you know, through that study and I fell in love with it. And so now that's kind of the ministry that I have with our women at our church is, is through Blueprint and teaching one-on-one women the Titus II characteristics mm-hmm. and what that means to be a sober woman, a chaste woman, a godly woman. What does it mean to love your husband, mm-hmm. you know, biblically? What does it mean to love your children biblically? 
And um, the Blueprint Bible Study, I just, for everybody um, that doesn't, has, hasn't heard of it, it's, it was, it was out, it is out of the Ministry of Kansas City, and that's our, where we mm-hmm. get our discipleship materials from as well. But when, when Christy showed me this book, um, just reading through it, and our women have gone through it here, mm-hmm. um, it's an amazing, just really easy Bible study, not easy to do, but it's just <laughs> everything's laid out very, um, very <clears throat> succinctly as far as what she's saying the attributes of a godly woman and for a woman to take another woman through that, I think it's just, and they did a conference here in the Dominican and it was an amazing group of women that just kind of took us through the, 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 the materials for um, two or three days. And we really, we really enjoyed that, but that that's a good book. But it really does. Oh, I'm sorry, Christy. I was just going to ask Ellie, can you repeat that in case there's a lady listening and she's like, what did, what did they say? How would they go find that? Can you, what's it called? It's the, the Bible study is called blueprint. Is it God's design for women? God's design, the creator's design for the women, creator's yes. design for women. And they can Perfect. get that through Graceway um, yeah. in out of Kansas city. So it's on, uh, you can download. Um, I'm assuming you can download the book via PDF, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, yeah. We'll try to put those links in the notes on this thing, but just in case, uh, hopefully you, if you're listening, you're able to get that and uh, Google that and be able to find out how you can how you can get that and order that if you need to. So and then yeah, get it sorry. through me too if they need to. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 awesome. But you know, I, I've the one-on-one aspect I love though. I love being able to sit down with another woman, you know, just one-on-one and just be able to talk through and work through those those issues and things. And I, that you know, that's just been huge. And the more women can get connected together like that and you have that accountability with one another, uh, it just sharpen it sharpens us, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. and you just become, you become stronger in the word and you become more able to fight. How do we, how do we fight if we don't have the word of God in our life? If we, that's, that's our power and that's our strength. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, you have no, you have no weapon to fight with. Mm-hmm. And That's so good. Let me, Chris, let me ask you this. You know, I think no matter what problems we're fighting against mm-hmm. uh, in our own lives, it's easy to play the blame game. Yeah. It's always somebody else's fault for the yeah. reason that I'm in this situation or the reason that I can't go forward or the reason I'm not happy or the reason I, you know, fill in the blank. Um, And I think one of the most difficult things in our life is to take ownership and responsibility of the things that, that are ours. Yes. And, you know, I can't necessarily, and I heard you say this while ago, you couldn't fix Tom and you knew that, but you also humbly saw that there were things in your own life that still needed work and that still needed, uh, you know, some God's Holy Spirit to do his work in you. And I think that's such a mature response, but I don't think it's one that anybody comes to easily because it's easier to blame someone else and take and and feel like that if I take responsibility off myself, it's not my fault. And it and the devil lies to us and makes us believe if we own it, then we're gonna have all this guilt. And yet I found in counseling the very opposite is true. When I own my stuff, I actually can have the opportunity now to to get free. Um, And as long as I'm pushing it on somebody else, somebody else holds the key to my freedom. And so can you just, can you tell us just a little bit about, I know you weren't perfect. I know you didn't always get this right, but how did you own your stuff? Ooh, um, I... Well, for me personally, I just, I had to come to the place that I saw myself for who I am. Hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't want to see ourselves for the wretched man that we are, you know, Hmm. Um, because once you, once you see, you know, who you are and what your, what your sin capability is in your life then you see so much more the grace of God and what he did in your life and what he saved you from. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes it easier to take responsibility and just realizing that, you know what I have, I have to, Paul said it, he, I die daily. We have to do the same. We have to die 
to ourselves daily and realize that, you know what, Lord, it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's always been about you. And it's about furthering your kingdom and bringing you glory. And if I'm focused on me and, you know, blaming, blaming somebody else for my problems, I'm not giving him the honor and glory in that. Mm. You know, and I'm not taking personal responsibility yeah, for that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. We are, I mean, I think what you said about, you know, just having to look at yourself and society and Satan, all of all of it, <laughs> has given us so many tools to be distracted. You know, I mean, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you know, if you with social media or with with the you know, TV or just with everything going on, we can be so easily distracted that we wouldn't see ourselves unless we make a conscious decision to say, hey, I'm going to really take inventory. Um, so I, I wanted to just thank you for that because that's, I think sometimes we just get, um, not that you should stop listening to podcasts because this is one of the good <laughs> podcasts on, uh, but <laughs> don't, don't do that. But, you know, we can get distracted and it's yeah. easier to fall into that. I'm not, you know, I don't have to look at myself. And um, so it's important to take that ownership. Uh, well, you know, I know that there are women listening today and we may even have some guys listening, who knows, but, um, but we've got people listening right now that they're relating to everything that you've said in one way or the other. Maybe right now they're in the middle of one of those places that you described in your life, uh, whether, you know, at the beginning with life flipping upside down, uh, whether it be, you know, trying to figure out how to make this marriage work or, you know, on the verge of just saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm in isolation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've got to bail. I'm looking for the way out. So Chrissy, get for that woman right now, who's listening, talk to her, give her some, I mean, give her a little bit of words of wisdom from a woman who has been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and, and, and is still, in a marriage uh, that's working, not perfect, but a marriage that's working and, uh, and a marriage that you're committed to. So talk to that woman right now who's listening, who, who's struggling. Um, first and foremost, I think the main thing is, man, I, first you have to have a relationship with God. I mean, that's, you can't, it is just almost impossible to fight without First, knowing the one who gives you the tools and the weapons to fight with. Um, and if you do know him and you do have that relationship with him, then, man, just saturating yourself with the word of God. I, you know, it is so important to know the scriptures and have them in your heart. You know, Psalms 119.11 talks about hiding God's word in your heart so you won't sin against him. You know, I can't draw from something that I don't possess. And so I have, you know, I need to have the scripture in my life and be able to draw from that when these times of crisis come into my life. And I guess that one big thing that, I mean, Tom and I are getting ready to celebrate 35 years of marriage, you know, this May. Um, one thing that, that I counsel women and talk to women about is that, you know what, marriage is not, we don't get married or, or be in marriage for our happiness. I think so many times we approach it you know, with this fairy tale syndrome of, you know, I'm going to get married and they're going to make me complete and I'm going to have, you know, this happiness, you know, and that's not the, that isn't the purpose of marriage. And that's not ever the, that was never the purpose that marriage was created. Um, we were created to have a mission for God and to further his kingdom and the marriage part is just you're doing it as a couple together. Mm -hmm. You know, you're both on the same page and you're going, you're accomplishing the same goal because that's powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One day we're going to, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account. And it wasn't, he's not going to ask us, oh, honey, were you happy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what'd you do with my son? <laughs> you yeah. know, how'd you serve me? And so I think just to keep that, that basis that it, 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 we're here in our marriage to accomplish a mission 
and it's to further his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and marriage is work. It's work. I, I don't think you can ever get to the place, even, you know, for us for 35 years, you cannot get to the place where you're just coasting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coasting by and, you know, you're, you're um, standing on your past achievements and accomplishments and laurels, you know. So um, we have to work at it every day. And, you know, I do keep the verses in mind, you know, Proverbs 31, 9 and 10. That's kind of been Tom and I's life, you know, marriage verse, you know. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her that she he shall have no need of spoil. She'll do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So that's kind of been, you know, our basis. It's like, you know, we have a lot of issues, but I'm not going to do him evil. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I, he trusts me. I'm not going to do him evil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you work to have that relationship, though. Keeping your marriage fresh is huge. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if this is really, I guess this is part of fighting for your marriage, but mm-hmm. um, we, we purposed in our marriage to, we had a date night, you know, we had twice a year, we got away, just mm-hmm. the two of us. And we made the pact that we weren't talking about church, ministry, or children. And so, you know, we had some quiet dates for a while. <laughs> wow. Like, what else is there to so, talk about? I know. <laughs> this is so good. What great advice for people in ministry, though, because yeah. sometimes the marriage is made up of the ministry and not and not the other way around. So yeah. what great advice. <laughs> That's helpful. And I'm going to write that down and make sure that I take this to Gary, because we do. We end up talking about, you know, just these you know, something outside of who we are. And, and, and that's not, that's not investing in our marriage. And I think that's very, very good advice. Christy, thank you so much for, um, for joining us today. And we, you know, we warned you about this, but we didn't give you a a heads up. So we wanted to, or we didn't ask you the specific questions. These are the rapid fire questions we always end with. Um, and so that's just, you know, whatever comes to your mind first, and um, soberly, obviously, uh, as Titus says, that women need to think soberly. But um, the number one, our favorite, you know, our, our, our rapid fire questions, just we're going to go back and forth, Reba and I. Um, but our, the first one is besides the Blueprint book, what is another book that has impacted you? Um, just, or what are you reading lately that's just really having a, an effect? Um. Gosh, the latest one I read was God Smuggler. Uh, I read a lot of missions books. Mm. Uh, Tom and I love missions and just have a heart for missions. And that was a huge one for me. Mm. Oh, Oh, great. So what do you enjoy doing in your free time? I garden. Um, yeah, my husband and I, we love scuba diving, but obviously in the Midwest, there's not a whole lot of that going on. So we don't get to do that very often. <laughs> okay. Christy, what is some, uh, what is something that people often get wrong about you? Well, probably that I'm a meek and quiet person. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. It. I thought you were no. nicer. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Favorite movie or at least one of your favorite movies. Um, gosh, I have to say, I, I, you know, I kind of like the cheat. I like cheesy Hallmark movies. I'm terrible, but I do. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, probably the, the latest ones that we've, you know, we're watching, we're into Mandalorian right now. We're watching the okay. Mandalorian series. So. It's kind of my husband and I's thing together. Well, that's so that's good. I'm trying but. to get Gary to ro- watch Rocky with me, and he still will not. Um, <laughs> so what is your favorite food or a favorite meal, if you were going to fix yourself some comfort food? I love Thai food. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my favorite. Probably not something I fix, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we think about sometimes what's on your nightstand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and it kind of gives us an insight into a little bit, maybe about what's those really key important things that are right there. So what's on your nightstand? Oh gosh, I don't have a nightstand. Okay. Well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> easy peasy. Yep. So easy. <laughs> um, all right. So give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy. My grandkids, mm-hmm. 
I, we went to the zoo yesterday and just mm -hmm. I just got to have fun with them at the zoo. That's, you know, that's kind of like those tidbits of joy for me. So it's awesome. But, so, Chrissy, what are you deeply grateful for? My my family, my my husband, I mean, my church, you know, it's it's, you know, like you said, there's no perfect church, but it it the people in the body of Christ that makes up our body, they just they give you, you know, different people bring different aspects of joy to your life and comfort and and I'm real I am I'm really thankful for that you know in spite of this has been a really hard year you know that navigating through all this craziness this year and it really has been a comfort and this might be a similar answer but what and you know and this is the last question but what keeps you rooted deep um it really it really is being in the word of God. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I am so bad about being, you know, I wish I, I wish I could say I was more disciplined to be in it more often. Um, but, but it is what it is, what gives me the strength to do the things that I need to do because my, I can get so off focus so fast. I mean, I just, I just feel like, you know, I struggle, I struggle with things and, and depression and different things. And mm -hmm. so I, I know that I have to have that in my life mm -hmm. to keep me grounded. And so, well, well that's so good. And you know, it kind of just fits with it. What the Bible teaches us is that his word is, it is the thing that fight, we fight with. Yeah. And uh, it is the sword. Uh, Ephesians six tells us that. Yeah. And so it's, it's not only the thing that keeps us rooted, but it's the thing that we fight our battles with. And yeah. so thank you, Christy, so much uh, for being on the podcast today and just for being so open and honest mm -hmm. and sharing uh, a little bit of your story. I know that it has helped the women who've listened to this. I know mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, God is going to use it in a way that's going to help someone out there say, you know what, it's not over yet. And, uh, and that's really what we want to encourage you today as we close, uh, that God is the one who not just uh, encourages us to fight, but he also fights along beside us. Mm -hmm. And so know today you're not alone. You may feel alone today, but you're not alone. God is, if you're, if you're a child of his, then he is willing and, and able to fight this battle with you. And so we encourage you just to find some time to, along, uh, to get along today with God cry out to him as Christy did and, and let God show up for you and trust him to, to do more for you than you could ever dream, think, or ask. And so that's kind of how we're going to close out today. Uh, it's just encourage you fight for those marriages because as both of these married women have, have proclaimed in this last uh, part of the show, it, it's a fight. And so you're, if you're going to have something, you're going to have to fight for it. So that's how we'll leave you today. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast and make sure you tune in next week to find out what's the next thing you need to be fighting for. Until next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org. 